0: Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Link. And I'm Rhett, it's time once again for another candid conversation with someone interesting from the internet.
1: This time we are conversing with the creator of the amazingly successful YouTube channel, Epic Meal Time, the sauce boss himself, Harley Morenstein. We talked to him about his very hyperactive
0: childhood and also just how many things he tried before he became a success on YouTube with Epic Mealtime.
1: And also what kind of mindset results in a successful YouTube series and the relational casualties that are a byproduct of that? Hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, okay, so I'm
0: you know, i excited about you guys hearing this conversation that we had with Harley, but I will say that- We have a chip on our shoulder? We have a, well, I like to say we have a beef with Epic Mealtime. Oh, pun. Because I like, I'm very into puns. Yes, you are. Um, and, well, okay, it is a little bit more of a chip. Maybe it's like a potato chip on our shoulder Uh to use Which your, is not really <laughs> an epic
1: mealtime <laughs> pond. Well, no,
0: but this- It's just food? Okay. Meaning that I'm glad, you know, I it, it, Harley is a friend, and I'm glad they're successful, and we- What nev-
1: Red is trying to say is that he stole our idea.
0: <laughs> no. For I, epic mealtime. I am saying that, first of all, uh I feel like in, in one sense, our past- There's a lot of ideas in our past that we do something, and it kind of doesn't work. And then a couple years later, we see somebody else do it, and they're like, "Oh, and we're that's how it's supposed to be done. That's how it's supposed to be done, and be done successfully."
1: Okay, so you're you're talking about we made an epic rap battle, and then it turns out you add of history to it, and it just turns out to be one of the most <laughs> amazing musical series in the right. history of the internet, In not V. And and if and when we
0: have the opportunity to talk to uh, nice Peter about that, we'll 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 tell him we'll, we'll talk about that. But uh, in the case of um, Epic Mealtime, our story is that you go all the way back to two thousand. It was probably two thousand four, two thousand five,
1: when we made uh, a video. Uh called the Burgazebo. We invented a fake fast food restaurant called Burgers, B U R G A Z. Right. And the only
0: item sold at Burgers was uh well, two items. It was the Burgazebo, which was a burger that looked like a gazebo that was like held up by like edible sticks of some
1: kind. Well, they weren't edible. And that they was they were
0: supposed to be edible in the in the you know, in the fake world of the burger.
1: We made a fake commercial we showed the um, gazebo-shaped burger, and then we made some videos where we went out. But it had a
0: Megatator. Oh, yeah. It it was the Megatator commercial, which was a really large French fry. It was just one French fry that you would put in a a French fry box. It was just a huge, big old, basically a baked potato.
1: Well, a raw (laughs) potato. That was
0: shaved into the shape of a, you know, a a square or whatever.
1: So we, we may, I mean, not really epic meals, but just kind of ridiculous but meals. But that,
0: that was the seed to an idea that later happened in 2008. Was that summer of 2008 that we did the alka Great American Road Trip? Yep. So part of, w- one of the videos uh, as part of that Great American Road Trip was uh, in going Chicago. to Chicago and doing this idea where we were like, what is the best food? What is the best food in Chicago? Is it the Italian beef? Is it a uh, deep dish pizza or is it the hot dog? Because those are like the three main food offerings from Chicago. And we had this idea, hey, what if we put all these together and we created what we call- One the, epic meal. The Chicago Zebo. We did
1: not use the terms epic or meal.
0: No, no. we didn't. We created time. The Chicago Zebo, which was an, a huge double-decker Italian beef pizza that was held together by- Basically, it looked like a gazebo, but the pillars of the gazebo were large hot dogs.
1: I think our problem is we thought the key to this thing was it needed to be shaped like a gazebo, (laughs) and that doesn't matter at all. It just needs to be epic and mealish,
0: but and and th- these videos i don't know if the the burgazebo v- videos are still on the internet but i know the chicago zebo is still on our channel and you can see that we went on wgn we went on uh, that the wgn Local morning sh- show chicago and we sang a jingle we introduced the chicago zebo on the air anyway no one cares about the video it hardly has any views but you know it just it hits me when i when i when i think about epic mealtime It's like you know what were we doing wrong i mean we had this crazy creation that was a pizza and hot dogs and Italian beef all together in the shape of gazebo. We even wrote a song about it, but it just didn't work for us.
1: Yeah. All the elements didn't come together. I mean, if you want to know how to do it, look at their first video and every one afterward, Right. you know? And the thing that I love about our conversation with Harley is that you see everything that led up to him coming up with that idea and then how he was so ready to execute it and pull the trigger once he saw a little bit of success, or maybe what at the time was a lot of success. So let's get into this conversation with Harley. Uh, amazingly successful. Almost 6 million subscribers on YouTube.com slash Time, and over 600 million views.
0: Here it is, our ear biscuit. Is it an epic... Biscuit. I think it's just a regular ear biscuit, but I mean, yeah, this it's is pretty a, epic. This is about as epic as an ear biscuit as, as you can have in terms of the meal analogy. Here's our conversation with Harley.
1: Why don't you take us back? We like to go back to the, uh, the, not the conception, but, or the inception, but the, uh, the beginnings of Harley. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, I got some good stuff. Where are you from? I'm from Montreal, Canada. So it's like six hours north of New York. It's uh, very French. Um, I'm fully English. Uh, You speak French? Yeah, they force you. You have to learn French. Um, If you're. Well, drop some French on us. I took French. No, I hate the way I sound. I speak French very ugly. To
1: mange le bacon au (laughs) beau Je, oui, suis oui. Je suis Vrené. Je suis Leroy.
2: Those are good. Those are good accents. I, listen, my French. Uh, you know, bonjour, mon nom est Harley. Um, <laughs> uh, j'aime, j'aime boire le uh, le diet coke avec mes amis Red Link. So, in other words, you don't
0: try to to cop the French accent at all.
2: No. Oh no, I can't. Like, because then it's just it's it's almost this fake attempt at trying to. Like, I would be acting in my speaking, you know? Right. Listen, if it's like a role and I got to embrace it, then maybe I would approach it as such. But to just talk to you guys, like, I don't really speak French like that, so why would I, you know? Like, even you guys did voices when you spoke French, you know? No, 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 no. That was, that's my voice. No, that's not your French. I but. speak
0: French in a French accent. <laughs> I actually, and I
2: think I actually kind of had like an Italian thing
1: going, honestly. Yeah, but. yeah we both had a horrible thing going.
2: It's a beautiful language. Very musical. I'm just not a musical or beautiful person, so I don't really carry the language that well.
0: But are p- people in Montreal going around speaking French? This is what they, they yeah, speak. Yeah, like so
2: when you're when you're 16 years old, like I I live in the West Island, it's 75% English that place, but it's in a a city that's, you know, 75% French. But when you go for a job, you sit down for your interview and he'll start asking you questions and then halfway through he'll just turn to French and you have to turn to French and keep going. And and then he'll have a conversation with you in French and English as he's interviewing you. And is that like and a if, test? If, Yeah. If you don't do the French part of you, are like, "Uh, oh, sorry, can you say that in English? Just, sorry, you didn't get the job, son. Okay, Really? Yeah. You blew it. You, so, you didn't speak French properly. So in grade school, I've you're learning experienced French. experienced that. Or in your house, you so learning if you're learning French. And I, I mean, you guys can research further, but this is from what I believe, and it's pretty close to this, or it was like this at one point. I'm not exactly sure if this is how it is now, but if your um, parents, one of your parents or both of your parents are immigrants- you must learn French. You must be in a French school, so all French. So that means, um, hmm. like, uh, everything is French except for English class. And this is this exactly. is what's messed up. Is because you learn, you know, math a certain way, and then you get to fourth grade. Now your math is in French. And if you're not grasping math, the last thing you want to do is learn it in two languages. Yeah, that's well, French. Numbers are the same
0: though, right? Yeah, no. the
2: numbers are the same. Numbers are the same, but really? saying them out loud is you know it's that's where like it's for example, uh, what is it? You know, uh, you know, bumdas, bemdas, yeah. brackets, exponents, multiplication, oh, division. Yes. the order of which you. Approach okay. something. Order of so, operations. So this is the time that I'm getting to that in the fourth grade. Oh, it's yeah. BEMDAS. The and property. then you get. Then you get to French, and now BEMDAS is something different because all those letters are different words. Mm. So like, it's that's just an example. Fractions. Oh, yes. You want to talk fractions? It's like, you know, two thirds in in French, deux tiers. It's like something completely different. Right. It's, that's where it gets confusing. Um, so in fourth grade, your life got turned upside down. When it comes to math and language. Did I don't, you hate I don't want to brag. I'm good. I was good. Okay. I was good at French. Not speaking it, but I, I can read it. I can understand it. But I was just kind of speaking, just I became a teacher later on in life and I just looked right. at stuff like that differently. Like just okay. when I started to see how people teach and stuff like that. Like that was something that was weird to me. Because it's like what's the point of teaching math in French? And you know, it's the whole French thing. It's it's cool, but I just remember it being a headache at the time. Um I don't know if you guys ever read Malcolm Gladwell books. I actually haven't actually read one, but Uh, I do know tipping point, all this stuff. He has this whole thing of like why, you know, his theory of why Chinese people are better at math. And it comes down to the basic form, just numbers themselves are shorter and easier to remember. And instead like, you know, instead of of saying something like 11, 12, 13, you say 10, 1, 10, 2, 10, 3. So when you speak it, it makes Hmm. better sense than when you're like 6 and you're like, what the f*** is a 12? Ah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 10, and then what's a 12? And then it's 22. <clears throat> it's now 12 is abandoned. Twelve is its own word for you know 10, right. 2. But in China it's like, you know, two ten two, three 2, 3, 10, 2. 10, 100, a word, is 1010 10 in Chinese. So apparently you're, you're doing so the multiplication as you see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It. So so he was saying that, you know, because it's easy to grasp just in a language base. They're more, and when you're good at something, you'll do more of it. So the kids are better at math because they grasp it easier just from the way that they speak. And, you know, then it just, they try harder at it. And just trying harder at it makes you better at it later in life because you, you know, follow a certain path. Whereas when okay. you graduate or you drop out of school because you're like, math, you know? <laughs> so, um, so you were
1: good at it in fourth so I grade. I was cool.
2: But, what, what, but then there's kids, you know, it's like they're learning French. For, you know, geography, like now, right. you know, United States, you're trying to find where it is on the map, but here's the catch. It is a different name now. Now it's called a Tazuni. And so it's like that messes you up. So you're trying to grasp these two languages and right. life at the same time. Um but so, it makes you smarter. Well, it makes you smarter. It makes and your now, brain bigger. Now I'm happy because now, like, I come to L. A. You know, and French is cool to know. You speak French, and it's like, yeah. And then I say things, you know, say something, and it's cheeseburger with bacon extra mayo. Well, what does that mean? It Just means you need beautiful. But really, I'm just, I just said cheeseburger with bacon extra mayonnaise in a French accent. But it doesn't right. matter. Just knowing French is a cool thing now. And now it's like I download like Duolingo on my iPhone. I'm like. I'm going to learn Spanish too. I do it a little bit. I don't really learn anything, but yeah, it's cool. I wish I learned. I wish I learned six languages growing up. You know, my 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 brother talks to his kid in like Spanish. They don't even know Spanish, but they throw all these Spanish words at the kid and learn sentences and throw it at the kid. Maybe he's going to pick up some Spanish yeah. too. You know. So okay, yeah.
1: so you were you were good at that. You were good in school, even over that obstacle of. Well, let's bring it back actually for a second. French.
2: I uh, actually in first grade. Okay.
1: Hmm.
2: In the first grade, um, we had uh, uh, our teacher and and this other teacher would come, Miss Monroe. And when everyone was doing like the alphabet and math, like she would come and get Harley, Douglas, and Newton. And we would go to roll clay balls. So like... When I was like five or six and Miss Monroe would come, yeah, yeah, like we'd like play with clay or they'd show us how to hold a pencil and like trace. Okay. So everyone's like doing like writing and I would stand up and be like, suckers, I'm going with Miss Monroe. She's so nice and so encouraging. Yeah. And um, at the end of grade one, I'll never forget this. The teacher did this. She goes, everyone passed except for Douglas and Newton. And I remember my heart stopped. She didn't say Aunt Harley. And I'll never forget that she said it in front of the class, the whole an teacher. And it's like 91, but still, you say 91, that's like what, like 20, 30 years, 20 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. So like, it's just different time, announced it in front of the kids, two kids failed and it wasn't me and I was happy because redoing all that would have destroyed me if I had to do that. Um, so then I went into grade two and that's when I was good at school now. But hold on, what? Was this some demented art teacher? I was, I was retarded. In grade one. Right. And the teacher was like, Newton. yeah, Harley is uh, retarded like Douglas and Newton or, or mentally slow. I I don't know the exact word of what I was. <laughs> okay. And I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings out there. Um, if we If we keep going with my life, we'll get to the part where I work with mentally challenged people. So I don't want to you say right can I can throw around the R word, you but the right. To- listen, listen, you know, I, I don't know how to describe myself as anything else than retarded. So they, I went with Douglas and Newton who, when I was in grade one, I was like, these guys are f-ing weird. You know, <laughs> Douglas, like Douglas, Douglas didn't speak. <laughs> Douglas couldn't speak and Newton fought everyone. And I swear to God, he was four years older than everyone. <laughs> he was huge. But, but why, what do you, why did you get grouped with them? Two reasons or, or theories. One, I was retarded. Maybe That's or one two. My my mom, like a neurotic Jewish mom, was like, "I want to make sure my boy really gets help, and and he's gonna get this extra care." Or you know, I'm gonna make sure my my son is. Or maybe she was like, "My son's a little retarded." Put him. You know, who knows? Or maybe I
1: want my son to learn how to roll balls out
2: of clay. It was like you know, it was like That's it was like cr- I it was us. just because I'll never forget because it was like Christmas time and we were like taking clay she was like, "And roll the balls and like smooth out the the line so it's perfectly smooth." And I was just like, "This." joke this is awesome and i got my buddy matt wilson in there like writing the alphabet yeah. so sucker you, you made it in under the wire into second well, grade you got it you got a second grade comes around okay subtraction comes into the picture and just like that addition subtraction I, I like i was literally like i was like i know math and i swear i was the best at at math in grade two i'll never forget that. like i got like a pluses you guys do you guys ever have mad minutes a no. Mad minute, mad minute was the sickest thing ever. We get angry with each other, but No, no, mad minute is like it's the teacher would give you a piece of paper and it's flipped upside down and you have 1 minute. And she'd be like, "Okay, flip it over now." And she'd time and you'd flip over the mad minute and it's just like 30 examples. Like uh you know 2 minus 1, 3 plus 4. And you just got to you do the whole it's thing. 1 and, and you 7. 1 huh? minute. And if the teacher if if you make a mistake on the first one, that's where she stops correcting. You know? Oh, And if you get 30 Ooh. out of 30, you so get you like a, a sticker. Streak. you gotta have you a gotta streak. You gotta have a streak and you can't make a mistake. If Wherever you make a mistake, that's where she stops. And it was cool because you would do it and like, and then you would flip it over when you were done and you would go, yes. But you would say that loud enough so the other kids knew that you were done. Right. So near like the 40 second, 55 seconds, all these kids were like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and you like, freak out like, I gotta finish the bad <laughs> minute. A popcorn of yes. Yeah. It's crazy. And right at the end and, uh, when I was, in, I killed those. When, when I was so, in kindergarten, I, was
1: I didn't know understand how the alphabet translated into looking up words in a dictionary. No, this couldn't have been kindergarten. When you started looking up words in a dictionary and having to write the definition, I mean, what was this? First, second grade, no, looking up word, writing the definition. That, I mean, yeah, that's
2: got to be that. Maybe third grade. You were learning how to write. Not, in first not like grade. I
1: have kids who I should know this. <laughs> right. I remember not really knowing how to look up words in the dictionary to write the definition, and I got Linwood Camel to look them up for me. Really, and then I would write down the definition. I was I could I did not know alphabetical, alphabetical order. Alphabetical order. Yeah. Do you want us to explain it now, or do you know it now? I, I figured it out later, thanks <laughs> to the author. But how how long did it
2: take till you figured it out?
1: I don't know. Maybe the ne- by the next year. I think I, I don't remember when I got it, but I do remember the instance when I didn't have it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm losing it here. I need Linwood. You got to help me, buddy." Okay,
0: so that's what things were like at school. What about home? What kind of um, what kind of home did you grow up in?
2: I have uh, an older brother and an older sister. My sister's seven years older than me. Then my brother's nine years older than me. Um, I got a mom and dad. My dad's really pink. So are you really pink? Like he's actually got pink skin. He's just like a white ass mouth.
1: Like a <laughs> like a baby
2: like, pig or like something? Like he has to wear like a hat in the sun. Okay. You know? He's like just like a pink ass. Like he's. <laughs> All my buddies call him Papa Pink. So he's <laughs> really. Yeah. <laughs> and they're still together, your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got, he, my dad's got a nickname, Doghouse Money. <laughs> That's like his Twitter. Don't go look at it. That's really geeky.
1: So uh, are th- you got this like Jewish family. Are they devout
2: Jewish? Uh, How does that work? They're like, uh, you know, they're like, oh, go to synagogue on Yom Kippur because, you know, Zadie will be sad if you don't. So like guilt tripping me, Jewish guilt tripping me into Jewish holidays.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Zadie, your grandfather. 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 Bubby Zadie, our uh, grandmother, grandfather, um, and, you know, I would go and do, like, I would go to some holidays, like, I would join him at the synagogue, like, you know, go there for a couple hours for that, but, like, I mean, you know, we did milk and meat, bacon and cheese, there was no, we weren't that Jewish. So, the whole, the the later in life,
0: when bacon became a pretty big part of your identity, it wasn't like... There were jewish relatives who were like
2: the only thing that happened is in one episode i put a pig head on a plate and give it to someone in an episode who's wearing a talus and a sounds And sounds like, like a like no-no looks at it like sad oh. and like and then yeah so <clears throat> he was an actor and so um that episode when my parents saw it they're like you can't do that you can't do that i'm like what are you talking about and they're like the jewish community will write you off for some some bullshit they're not you know i was like come on mom the jewish community uh, like it didn't matter you know uh, anyways i ended up doing it like i ended up still being written in like the combined jewish magazine like like the next two weeks later um, but it's just funny because written up meaning reprimanded no no in a, no, no like, like, like interviewed interview okay <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're on
1: the, the blacklist this or man something. yeah okay so you're you were the youngest child
2: yep does that mean you were spoiled as a child uh yeah, I was definitely spoiled. Like uh my brother, you know, uh my brother got made fun of like when he went to school because you know my parents would drive him in like a Po ass vehicle. But by the time I come around ten years later, it's like they're they're more human now, my parents. What did like, they, they do? Like they both had jobs. Uh my dad's a contractor, windows and doors. My mom was uh, a secretary at, uh, like, an accessories place, like belts and stuff like that. She doesn't do that anymore, or is she? Uh, No, she doesn't do that anymore. Now she uh, ships T-shirts for Epic Meal Time. <laughs> she is really? an employee. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Make that bitch work. <laughs> 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 and that all happens up in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. And whenever, listen, whenever my mom caused problems, I'm like, yo, what's up with the T-shirt orders? And she's like, there's so much. I'm like, mom, there's a lot of other moms out there that would love to work for Epic Meal Time right now. <laughs> so you f- can shut up and ship these t-shirts you know <laughs> and so that's your
1: mo hire moms you're yeah. like it's working i'm gonna keep this going
2: it's actually it's funny we had a an a, 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 like a relationship with a t-shirt company before that and they were just they just fell apart they didn't they just didn't expect the demand when we first epic meal time first rolled out its shirts there was just a bacon strip shirt that sold like crazy and this company they just instead of handling it or, or, like, just, like, saying, like, we can't do it or whatever. They just kind of shut down, and it ended up being this ugly stink. And my mom was like, well, I'm going to clean up this mess for my boys. You know, and she just came in. And She's been an employee ever she, since. Yeah, she killed it. She just did it, yeah. But have you added belts? Because, I mean, she knows about that kind of thing. She, that's it. That's when it comes to buying and purchasing. She had already had the experience. We don't do the belts, though. But we did have belts at Hot Topic for a while. Oh, you did? Like, yeah, they said bacon strips on it, and it was, like, a Cadillac seat belt. And it said, like, bacon strips on the belt. Very smart. Pretty neat. Mm. Yeah. So,
1: tell us more about growing up in that household,
2: being um, spoiled. Well, you know, like by spoiled, I mean by by comparison to how my brother experienced it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but my brother, like, you know, my, my brother and sister, like, they still had a Nintendo, like a Nintendo entertainment system. You guys, well, you're reborn in seven, eight? 77. So, you're my brother's age. Was having a Nintendo entertainment system like a big a, deal? Absolutely. Did you guys deal. have those? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But that's because you made it a point, right? Like, you needed the Nintendo. My you got, stepdad like, a couple years. really my, wanted my, it. My, my brother had a Nintendo. Like, you know, and when I grew up, like, video games became, like, a big deal to me. Because I just, like, grow up watching my brother, like, beat Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, you know? And then, like, I'm playing it later. And then, you know, and then shortly after that, like, Mortal Kombat rolls out. So, when... uh when Hanukkah was coming around, like it was a big deal that I got like a Sega Genesis, or a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was spoiled in the sense that like in the third grade, I had a TV in my room with a Sega Genesis, and that was like a big deal. Like I had like a little TV, a Sega Genesis. Like that's how I was spoiled. When I got to right. high school, I realized I'm not so spoiled because I had a lot of rich friends, and I couldn't even like roll with them on the weekend because something would like you know I'd get you know I'd have like twenty bucks for the week basically. Um, and this is at like 14 years old and I'd go and, uh, go hang out with the buddy and be like, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's get a, a lunch. Sure. Like, let's get some beers. It's like, yeah, we're going to badass and drink beers. Yeah. And it's like, let's go out for dinner. It's like, no, my money's done. It's like, well, we're going to party after that. And tomorrow we're going to mm-hmm. the water slides. And but, like, Well, I already used my 20 bucks, so <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to, I guess I'm going to roam the streets lighting things on fire <laughs> right and what kind of kid Why, were, you, were you were you a troublemaker uh, I think people would want to
1: believe that you're a
2: hellraiser as a kid I was very loud I was like uh, like my parents would go pick me up at my friend's house and his parents would be like if Harley's gonna come over again in the future he, he can't have soda pop and stuff like that because he's very wild you know <laughs> like I would do things like 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 throw myself down the stairs for, interta- like, for entertainment. Yeah, and like scream and like, you know, like run and scream. And, you know, like I was the kid, like as soon as I was done eating at dinner, I would like slide under the table and like, you know, like crawl out and be like give me the keys to the car and, you know, I want to go in the car and am going outside and like. Only at other like, people's. at this restaurant. <laughs> not, like, not just anywhere. It didn't matter.
1: <laughs> like I was just a loud car. ass
2: crazy kid. Um, I played football at the time as well and basketball um what, why were you like that you just didn't get spanked enough um no no i got i got socked a bunch of times my dad he'd slap yeah that was cool i actually i i genuinely thought that was great uh my my buddies as well like they also would get whacked by their parents if they f-ed around are you talking you said slapped you mean spanked or no sl- or oh, no, like a like a like a slap like a, on the face yeah like shut the fuck up <laughs> whack yeah like, really like, yeah yeah we've definitely like the, the car like i'm going to pull this car right the f- over if you guys don't shut up back there it's um, typically
1: when someone would say that it would be like in a moment of
2: anguished confession of abuse
1: but you seem to be saying no, no, I have, this like, was awesome i have
2: i have cuz you know what i was a wild kid like you have to imagine this i'm 10 years old like it's the 4th grade and i'm five, nine. right and i'm f- i'm insane i'm insane um, so I had an older brother. So my brother like would beat me up all the time. Like, you know, you get beats from your older brothers, friends like that. But like, I was always antagonizing. I was like a really big antagonizer. Like no one ever hurt me. You know, like there was never, uh, like a, a black eye or anything like that. But like, no, I'd, I'd been like slapped on the cheek numerous times. And my buddies, their parents would slap them on the cheeks as well. When I grew up, like if you f***ed up, like your parent was going to slap you. Like you're going to get a really? slap. Yeah. That's how it worked. Um, and that was good because I, like, I had like a goofy bunch of friends. We were all crazy. <clears throat> so it didn't really help. No, but at the time, like case by case, you know, like I'm in the back like yelling, screaming, pulling my sister's hair. My dad reaches back and whack. It's like, you know, now I'm like sitting in the corner like, man, f- all y'all. <laughs> but like, you know, it's just the way it was. The, the amount of times that I thought, is it worth a slap right now? Um, my buddy he his dad was great his dad would slap him and give him like an essay like, really? yeah like he his like, one like of my, paper, my buddy my buddy stole from his mom once I, like was stealing like you know like $5 bills here and there then his dad like marked one and he took the $5 bill and like came home and his dad was like, "Let me see," and he was like, "This is my money. I found it, and there's a little mark on it. Whack! I was there for the slap live. Oh wow! And when your buddy's getting slapped, you're always just like, you get like a little shiver, you know? Right? Like a little shiver, like goosebumps on your thighs. It's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that was uh, great. Yeah, can't wait to go home and not be getting slapped. <laughs> uh, and then, and then like he's also slapped with an essay. Mm. Yeah, like like it was intense. Really? Yeah, it was essays? great. It was so good. It was just a great punishment. I remember being like young and being like, I'm like. 10 and i'm like that f- essay that's crazy that's crazy like not even for school or anything just for dad because he stole from mom so, so did it ever progress to the point where you know you're having to get disciplined at school or i mean go it, to jail no see the thing is at school i was always um i did really well but i my teachers were always calling my parents like <clears throat> you know harley's not getting enough attention at home he keeps making jokes like, he's always making jokes. That was my thing. Like, class clown to the maximum. <clears throat> and, and, like, ridiculous class clown antics as well. Like, uh, um, falling onto the first desk, like, when I walk in and, like, just being loud. And, and it's funny because when I was a teacher later on in life, <clears throat> I, it was like I, I experienced the karma of that. I sat there and watched some kids. And I'm just like, so unfunny such like <laughs> jokes and and their buddies are laughing and i'm there and i'm like i deserve this like their buddies don't think it's funny but they're laughing because it's how it works in high school and i'm like mm-hmm. and now i get it because now i'm the teacher and like i gotta sit there while like you know there's kids like throwing papers and his buddies are laughing and it's just like it's not funny and i'm like this is what i get it all it all comes back right that, like closed it off like i remember like in high school i faked a seizure on a teacher's desk while my buddy filmed it like and it was like a whole thing i like i was like oh mr rose i have a," and like i fall on his desk i'm rolling around this is like the time that like tom green's really popular yeah Uh, so i'm like just enjoying that type of stuff and uh and we had this awesome video file of me like shaking and like like on the desk (laughs) and the teacher knows my antics is just sitting there not moving doesn't move muscle and like, just lets me like roll off and walk away. And like, I understand him now. Back right. Then I was like, "You see that bitch? I'm all up on his desk, and he's like, he couldn't just do anything. There. Can't do, <laughs> you know, Dabs, yeah. bro, Dabs, bro." And then now, as a teacher, like, I understand. You're just like this <laughs> idiot. <laughs> this this right. idiot. There is nothing you can do to help this child. Right. Yeah, this child dumb. is me. Yeah. So I, I, I ended up getting it back. <clears throat> My first time teaching ever. I was substituting for my brother and I'm, I'm sitting at the desk and this teacher, this, like these kids come in and uh, I'm kind of setting up and this kid walks in like real slow, like cigarette on his ear and he looks over me and he goes, he says, he goes, who's this like to everyone. And that's like major offense, right? So I'm, I'm there and I'm now it's the first, I'm having my first confrontation live in high school. Me versus unknown 14-year-old. Former me. Yeah. He's got a cigarette on his ear, and I'm like, got like a pink polo shirt tucked in to like dress pants. <laughs> and I'm like, I-
1: <laughs> Why did you I, wear a pink shirt? Because yeah, yes.
2: I was just doing it. Like, I just needed something fancy. It was one of the only things I had that a collar on it. That'll do it. And, uh, and I'm just there, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear it. And I'm just kind of like humming. Let that slide, right? Yeah. Ooh. I like, yeah. And then, so like, they're just loud kids and stuff like that. And I got, am like, you know, trying to get control. No one's controlling. So I was taught in elementary education, not high school. So I, I go over and I shut the lights off and cross my arms because that's what you do in elementary school. If you were in high school, there's no windows in the room. The lights are off for like a split second when I'm like, oh, sh- it's pitch black. I turn back on, desks, like four desks got flipped over and like everyone's standing, like just instantly. And I'm like, oh man, I'm blowing it. <laughs> Anyways, that was just my first encounter at, at school. And that's when I was like, this is going to be like a slow, like balancing of my karma for how I was in high school. And it was, I had like, I had bad, like some bad classes. I love all the kids. They're great. But like, there's just like disturbers and they yeah. knew who they were. And I, I knew I was a disturber and you learn later on, like, you know, you probably could have done so much better with the girls in high school. If you weren't being a shit disturber, I watched that every time and it, like the girls when i watch like the female students never are impressed by jackassery of male students and it's like oh, yeah. this weird parading and beating of the chest that i definitely took part in they're kind of embarrassed and yeah it's just they they get it like that's how you know like they're more mature like they just know it's just like yeah. obnoxious and stuff but uh, what's your journey with the ladies like see here's the thing i used to go to jew camp in the summers jewish <laughs> camp is basically uh <clears throat> so Throw it back, uh, you know, to the Hitler times. Camps were made to erase Jewish people, basically. Right. Jewish people made camps to introduce Jews to Jews, so Jews will make more Jews. Got it. So, like, a Jewish camp, you go there for, you know, 60 days It's sleep away, and, uh, you know, here's your tents. Are tent, you supposed to mate there? Your tents, well, here, I'll tell you. Your tents are here. The girl tents are, like, you know, 30 feet away. And you have counselors that sleep in there, but the counselors go out at night. And they'll like go in and be like, hey, guys, turn out the lights. Don't go sneaking into the girls' tents. And don't, then like leave. Don't
1: make more Jewish people.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Basically, wink, don't, wink. don't go doing something. We wouldn't do, and then, you know, they leave you, and then you go, and, you know, obviously you're, like, run across and finger some girls because that's Jew camp, and, you know, maybe get a little hand job in the woods or something like that, you know. Jew uh, camp. Yeah, you, su- <laughs> you suck on boobies and stuff like that, and you just maybe you just suck on a pair of boobies at 16, and, you know, fast forward eight years, you're still together, and you guys are making Jewish babies now. Got um it. So it's like a breeding ground. So the way it works is when I was younger, and I would do all that ass <laughs> sure. But when I would get to Jewish camp and I would like a girl, she's trapped. You can't go anywhere. It's camp. Like if you don't like me today or tomorrow or the next day or in a week from now, like I'm still here Mm -hmm. and I'm still going to like you. Well, how long is the camp? It's like 60 days. That's a lot of time to wear wear a girl down. Exactly. So, you know, by the time the 60 days are up, I've, you know, I've, I put a finger, uh, a girl for each finger basically at the end of it. Uh, but then, you know, you go to school and school is a, a different ball game. Uh, school, like, you know, there was a, uh, I don't know, I didn't really, like, have have the money to kind of play or the freedom with my, my parents to kind of just, you know, uh, go out and, like, just hook up with girls or, or go on dates, really. Um, <clears throat> plus, I never took things seriously. I was never good at, like, asking a girl out on a date, not being a goof, but I can only see things in, like, a, a goofy way. I was very childish. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it only took until, uh, probably my last years of high school that I start realizing, you know, there's an art to this. <laughs> right. Then what happened towards the end of high school? <clears throat> um, towards the end of high school, I mean, I, I, graduated like a, like a jackass while walking to get my diploma. I, every, every year I would get principal's honor roll and I would go get my diploma and I would fall on purpose. And, like, the principal, there was almost the different principal each year. would be like, oh, my God, and, like, help me up. And I'd be like, oh, so, oh my knees, my knee. And I would, like, <laughs> grab my diploma and limp off. And it was, like, a thing. So, like, when I graduated, I actually I, I took a big spill, like a huge one. And the principal again came, but, like, everyone knew I was going to fall, and they all stood up, like, you know, and started applauding, I'm clapping. And I have this, like, awesome standing video. Numb. Standing ovation, this awesome video, like, really bad quality on, like, my dad's old cell phone of me falling and – and everyone like just standing up and you know. Did your parents know you were going to do this? They they knew. My dad knew. I told him. And then what does he say? Does he like shake his head or he's like, yeah, but pretty like cool. that that was like that culminated. Yeah, my dad thought it was all right, um, but that culminated and summed up my high school experience. Like here's this big dummy, like just falling on his face and like you know just being an idiot and just doing it for like claps. Really? Like what are the claps? <laughs> you know, at this time <clears throat> were you kind of developing an idea of what? You wanted to do? I was working at summer camp. I went to summer camp every year because, you know, I was always trying to get up. So uh, just pounding lots of summer camp, bringing me back year after year. I went back as staff because when you're staff, you just get that much more uh, Jewish. <laughs> you know what I mean, Like I'm learning so much. <laughs> so uh, I, I would I would go back to camp all these years. And I'm working with children. I liked it. It was fun. Um, and then so I, I decided to go into education because it'll actually make my mom happy. My dad will be happy. And I am also worried that if I go into filming, mm-hmm. I'll waste my time and it'll just be like, that was stupid. Um, so, and then I went into university and I ended up being in uh, education there as well. And, where'd uh, you go to school? McGill University. Is that it's, in Montreal? Yeah, it's in Montreal. It's uh, it's a good school. It's a good school. And, um, so I went there and I, I started doing education and that was great because it was actually, there was actually – there were some classes where I'm in elementary education. There might be 350 people and there's me and a gay black dude and everyone else is girls. Really? Yeah. Like the program – like I would do group work and it would be me and like six girls and – yeah, I don't know. My advice, if anyone out there is the type of person like this, were some National Lampoon's <laughs> script, go into education. And- yeah,
1: <laughs> was anything? Did anything
2: formative come from that? The schooling before you became a teacher, I hated school. I hated it. I hated it. Like, cause university was modeled to be like kind of like a elementary or high school atmosphere. So we would go into classes and we would like do counting with like M&Ms and stuff like that. And, you know, everything that like we would, we would experience lesson plans meant for kids to like, we would teach one another elementary basic stuff. Like that's how we learned, like. To learn how to think like a child. Almost in a weird, like, it was like to get you back, like you would do all this learning and then it was like, okay, now let's bring it back to grade one. What's an interesting thing to teach kids how to do the alphabet? And trick them into learning the alphabet without them knowing that they're doing the alphabet, you know what's something fun? Oh, we could show them how to draw a picture where there's letters as the picture there's a million things just but we would we Sounds would come up meme. with lesson plans and do it to right. each other and yeah i didn't I wasn't a fan of it because teaching wasn't my passion. Okay. I was just doing it as a plan B, and right. like you know I go into the first class and it's like you know i'm a uh, people would be like yeah like uh, I- I'm here because my mom was a teacher and my mom's mom was a teacher and now I get to be a teacher and I just want to affect the children and, yeah. and they're crying and then it gets to me and it's like ah, uh, I work with kids and I'm pretty good at it so I don't give a f- <laughs> like, that's based. Just, so, already it's like I'm working with these people. And if you've ever been around something like where everyone's so passionate about it and you're just like, whatever, it makes you more whatever. Yeah, yeah. It makes you like just relax about the kids that you're not teaching yet. Right, right, right. Like, relax, bring it back. Um, and I was always late, but my antics carried over into university to an extent. Um, I was always late, as you guys know. It's something I never figured out. And as a teacher, I showed up 30 minutes late to this podcast, everyone, by the way. (laughs) Um, As a teacher, like, you can't be late. You can't show up to class late. They kind of don't teach themselves. They're 14 and there's 30 of them. You don't leave them for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. alone because you're late. They're not going to sit for the teacher to come. So in elementary education, like, it's like, I show up late to class and all the teachers give you Cause it's like, you can't do this. You can't be late. And it's not like a big university class. For the most part, there were some where you could just show up really late and, or not show up. Like they took attendance. Um, and I remember like showing up late and this teacher just being like, you know what? In front of everyone, she's like, you show up late one more time and I'm going to give you an F because as a teacher, you have to be on time and you have not come on time to any of these classes. So you come back again late, you better be focused and be on time. Cause I'll, I'll give you an F. I swear. But you made it. Fast forward to the next week. I wake up. I'm running late. Ooh. Genius idea. I snatch a red apple. I walk into class probably 20 minutes late. She's looking at me, and I walk over just like real quiet and pull this shiny red apple out of my jacket and put it on her desk and like go and sit down quietly. And she just picks it up, and she looks at it, and she looks at me, and she's like, you, you really know how to charm (laughs) <laughs> an old elementary school teacher and she's like touche harley touche and like just let me say and i didn't i didn't come late to any other classes after that but i did get the buy just for being like kind of like you know a little a little you don't you for, for know playing the hokey like yeah you don't you don't want to give apple. this guy an f right He's just yeah. a big dummy you said it was a plan b so
0: if, if it was a plan b like what was and more specifically what was plan a
2: Plan A was I'm going to um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make movies I'm gonna be in movies and what, I'm gonna make them. Gonna were re- you doing any of that? Uh, yeah. So okay. um, in university, this was the best part of elementary education. Was you would do presentations, things like that. How mm-hmm. can you teach the kids to to do something that's fun and to make it fun? So one thing that maybe wouldn't charm the teachers now, but sure as hell worked in 2005 was. You make a video as your project. Oh, yeah. So if I had a video that would accompany what I'm doing, that – like the teachers always love that. I got I got 100% every time we did group projects. I would tell them like, "Okay, here's the deal. We're going to do a video. I'm going to do the filming, I'm going to do the editing. We're going to be cool. I'm going to write it. You just got to come meet me at school on this day. We're going to film it. You just play this person, this person, this person. We're going to include everything we need in the video and we're going to let the video play for our presentation." And I always cleared it with the teacher first. And I always made these these goofy silly videos and the teachers always loved them. Mm-hmm. So I was making videos in class. To, so by the time I got to my last semester, it was like people were kind of excited about what would be my school project video that I that I would be. And it was like, you know, like 75% of the time it's like a rap video, you know? Like we have to teach like uh, – like I did one like Sodium and You. And it was like this like hardcore gangster rap video, <laughs> you know, teaching kids about sodium and, and – and,
1: <laughs> and was it uh, censored with – um, a, a crow call. Crow call no,
2: no, there was just no swearing. It was very, very, <laughs> Kept a t- very teacher. Okay. Um, so I was doing that at the time. And what I was also doing was, um, when I was substituting, I would bring a a, a notebook with me because, and still to this day, there is nothing, nothing more musing than being in a class, at least for me of like 14 year olds, 30, 14 year olds. And, watching how they interact and speak to each other and everything, it's just so, it's so funny. It's just, we don't act like that anymore. It's just everyone completely uncensored with the mix of people that will just shut out the whole world, depending on who the student is and who the students are. They're just, you're just looking at like intense personalities. It's, you know, you see people on the bus and everyone's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. You know, you you barely get personality. But in high school in class, it's like, yeah, the next 10 minutes you guys could do what you want you know, just keep it, like, at a level, these kids would interact with it, and you're getting, like, 30 personalities, like, clear-cut. Like, you see it. Like, quiet kids go over and, like, start pulling out, like, magic cards and, like, talking and, like, you know, there's other guys, like, trying to be cool in front of the girls and being loud and, you know, like, and just, like, sitting on the desk and, like, the things that they say and everything like that and what the focus is. I just would bring in a, a notebook and I would, like, write. So I would write, you know, script ideas, like, you know, show ideas, things that I thought were... You know, good ideas. And then I would go home, and on the weekends I would film these. And uh, and I made a rap video once, and and my brother shared it with one of his students who ended up telling all the other students. So when I got to the school once, like— So he was also a teacher. Yeah, yeah, same school. That's how I got into substituting. I would substitute for his classes. Okay. Um, hmm. So when I got there, like, got to the point where these students had seen, like, my earliest videos before Epic Meal Time or anything— but just like you know, a, a whole bunch of them. Like what you know, type
1: of rap videos are we talking about? It's called it was sodium. Was in no, you. no, it's
2: called Pop and Perrier, and uh, it's just like me and like two buddies, and it's you know we're the whole chorus was uh, three straight guys in a Crown Victoria, Pop and Perrier, and we were like three dudes like sitting in the front bench of a Crown Vic, Crown Victoria car, pouring like bubbly water all over ourselves in slow mo and rapping with like girls shaking their asses, and it was like a weird video like I don't know we just did it to be like yeah look let's share this on Facebook for our friends um sounds so, great so you're making
0: rap videos and then but when you're talking about wanting to make movies what did you have a vision for was it like I'm gonna do YouTube stuff because that was already
2: a thing it so, was no it wasn't a th- like YouTube it was like 2006 it's right. so like no one's getting paid on YouTube. It's like, you know, uh, uh, Time Magazine has the reflective cover that says you are the star, you are the man of the year or whatever. You remember that year? Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's like, uh, you know, they're writing about Smosh, a million views combined, crossed, and it's like an all big deal. But like to me, it was just like I can film something and I could put it on the internet. Finally, there's a place where I could put it because now I could share it on Facebook. So... No one is uh, you know, no one has to come over and we have to find a VHS or a VCR that'll play this, you know? Yeah and um, we could just share it. Um so I I ended up, you know, I would I would film some stuff and a buddy of mine um wrote this script <clears throat> where I would be uh I'm like I'm I'm big and hairy and I'm just like a big kid and I, I'm gonna open up a lemonade stand and I open up a lemonade stand and my mom ends up like taking my money from it. And it's like a funny like four-minute short movie kind of. But it was filmed with an awesome camera. And I kind of saw it, and it was the first time I had been in something that looked like professional. It was My buddy was in this film program, and so he had this awesome camera and like lights, and there was a director. Mm -hmm. And I got to be in it and like watch myself after, and I was like, this is awesome. I was like, this is like, you know, I finally got to do something like this. So when I started writing stuff, I wrote one that was like, uh, it's this like, uh, the guy's a gangster. And uh, it's, he's remembering his, his accounts of, like, how he rose to becoming a gangster. You know, we're only talking about, like, a 20-year-old dude. And he's, like, it's all, like, takes place in his apartment. I'm writing this kid's show because I'm, like, I'm an education. I could leverage being a teacher into making a kid's show. Mm-hmm. And whenever I used to do that, I used to always talk with my buddy. i always be, like, Lunchbox Money. Like, that's what we call the working title for that kid's show was called Lunchbox Money because I was, like, yo, dude, you know the Wiggles are billionaires? Yeah. It's, like, yeah, dude kids show. Let's do this. Shit. So it was all about a kids show. So I thought it was like, that's what was going to be the money make. I'm going to be a Pee Wee Herman and it's going to be great. And it's, and we're always like, yo, lunchbox money. That's what we used to say. We're going to sell lunchboxes, And, uh, it's funny cause lunchbox money ends up being YouTube money right. on Epic Mealtime. But, uh, at the same time I'm, I'm, I'm writing things and filming things. And I entered this contest, um, called, uh, John Tesh rock rap, dribble, dance contest. And it was John Tesh, the NBC, NBA on NBC. And it was taking the... And Uh one minute, that John Tesh sample, you have to rap, dribble, or dance in the video.
1: I thought John Tesh was the guy from Entertainment Tonight.
2: Same guy. No. Live at Red Rocks,
1: John
0: Tesh. Yes, exactly.
1: Oh,
2: really? Yeah.
0: I saw him in a sushi place about a month ago. Oh, really? Yeah, Sherman (laughs) Oaks. Well, so what did He do? started Epic Meal
2: Time. Um, <laughs> what did you do with this I video? I should have told him. He did this uh, this contest, and I I came in first place in the contest. Me and a buddy of mine. So the first place prize with five was five thousand dollars American. Back then you say American. You say five thousand dollars American. Okay. Because it meant to was seven thousand five hundred Canadian. Oh. Now it's like five thousand dollars. <laughs> got just, it. It's <laughs> just dollars all around. Um. So I got five thousand dollars American. So seven thousand five hundred dollars by winning first place in this contest, this goofy contest where I'm like rapping and dribbling and dancing with my buddy, and it's all just goofy. Um, and dribbling a basketball, yeah, but like poorly. Okay. The video's on the internet; you can look it up. Well, you won. I can't argue with that. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so we we took the money and we bought this camera, and we were like, we're gonna go and we're gonna film rap videos, and we're gonna. And now I, I got into production. Now I right. was like, I'm gonna edit, I'm gonna learn how to film and lights and all that, and I'm gonna learn the back the back end of it, you know. And at the same time I started taking Meisner acting classes and uh um I would go to auditions and I go to auditions and they're like, you know, read these lines, I'd read them, they're like, you know what? You could play thug number three. Mm-hmm. You're a big dude. Stand in the corner, cross your arms and like that kind of happened. say nothing. Yeah, it happened numerous times. Plus I live in Montreal, so the, the acting is in French. There's lots of French productions, not English ones. Mm-hmm. Because the way it works in, in Montreal is if you're filming in Montreal, your crew has to be French, 75% of the crew or something like that. So if you don't speak French, you have to get a translator. So now a lot of people don't work there under those conditions. So a lot of the, the filming is in French. So I can't act in French. And, uh, you know, I was getting like just never really getting roles. So I was just like, I'm going to buy a camera, learn how to film and edit. I'm going to make my own show starring me, and I'm going to get all the lines. Okay? <laughs> so that's what <laughs> I'm going to do. Yeah, all English. Um, and so I and you're up, still a teacher at this point. Yeah, too. doing it at the same time. So uh, I, I I got this contest, me and my my partner, we won and we, we started filming like weddings trying to and rap videos and uh, like a, a show, like a gaming show, which is actually still on the internet. It's called The Game Haters and it's like actually still there, this old, with one guy that's on Epic Mealtime now, Amir, and another old buddy of mine and I'm totally behind the camera like filming it. I'm just not in front of it. Oh, really? Um, it's and talking uh, video game? Yeah, it's like reviewing video games. Okay. And uh like yeah, it's just like a video game review show. It's just and it's just me learning how, it's the first things I've ever filmed and edited. Um so uh one day we're we're filming a wedding and uh just briefly the camera's under a blanket, but in the middle of the day, like three PM on the busiest street, someone smashed the window and took the camera.
1: Somebody stole your oh,
2: camera. Stole um, so I had it, I had it insured though. I had everything insured, and what happened was, um, it was the time that about the 7D, the Canon 7D came out with an mm-hmm. update that lets it film. Mm-hmm. So when I went back to get a camera, the guy pitched me on the 7D, and when I got it, it just looked so much better than any other camera I had ever had at the time. It looked like really official, right? So that's when I was like, some all right. Some things
1: are in focus and some things are out of yeah, focus. Yeah, it was nuts. It was crazy. <laughs> that's really
2: what it came down to, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, just there needs to be a lot of light. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's going to be $2,000 for every lens. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I, I bought it and I just started filming like crazy. And I started filming everything. Mm-hmm. And then I saw one day, I saw um, uh, a pizza. I used to go to the site called this is why you're Fat.com and I, bought, I saw a pizza, and someone put french fries on it and a hamburger and a big stack of money and a gun. <laughs> and it was just like such a funny picture because it was like just to take french fries and put it on a pizza was just so stupid. But like to put like a burger also, like a Happy Meal. Mm-hmm. But the idea that there was a gun there and a stack of money was so like just that whole mix. Mm-hmm. Like I looked at it, and I was like – can Happy Meal on a pizza player, gangster? Like, and, oh. Exactly. So I, I, you know, I called up my buddies and I'm like, "Here's the deal. Look at this picture. What we're gonna do is we're gonna go to all the fast food places and we're gonna put it on this pizza." Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we did. And I just had my camera and I was like, you know, I had my buddy film it. And you know, we we go and we get all the stuff and put it on. And I'm just kind of like riffing, like, yeah. Mac baby, and I'm just saying, shit and mm-hmm. doing it. It's just genuine excitement. It's just like a real life like experience. We throw it on, and anyways, I, I put it on my computer and start focusing on lunchbox money because like I'm gonna make a kids show, mm-hmm. and it's gonna it's gonna be baller dog, we're gonna <laughs> be rolling in lunchbox money and Wiggles. Where's that? We were. It was all like it was like experiencing learning through like rap and hip hop. It was supposed to be like a real, you know, funky, fresh learning experience, yo. A lot of Basically, money in that. Yeah I, yeah, I thought, or it could be, um, you know, it's never too late. <laughs> but you were sitting on this other footage just thinking, yeah, okay, was just that saying. was fun. Yeah, and I was filming music videos, going over, like, filming local rappers, like, telling them I'll film their video for 100 bucks. They're telling me 20 bucks now, 80 bucks after the video, getting stiffed for 80 bucks. Like, Ooh, really? you know, doing all that. And, uh, meanwhile I have this like folder on my computer that's just titled worst pizza ever. And like, I go back and at the time I'm like, I'm editing it like it's a trailer. Like, it's all like, I'm editing it just for fun. And it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. like 2010, two men go on a quest for the most epic pizza of all time. And like, I'm kind of piecing it together and it's just like, it's this seven minute weird trailer there's like a lot of burping footage in it that we all thought was really hilarious, these ugly faces that I make as I'm, as I'm really burping. And I just kind of start cutting it up and cutting it up. And like and I'm you VO'd like, it? No, no, like there's a, no VO. Okay. There's no VO at all on that one. And I'm just kind of like cutting it and cutting it and cutting it. And then I just like was like, you know what? Like Between Lunchbox Money and everything, like I just want to release this video because I think people mm. will like it. It's cool. And when I cut it down to about like the two minute mark and I watch it, I like watch it again. Like I I wanted to see it again. And I watched it a couple times and I was like, this is really like good. I'm like, now that it's at two minutes, this is like one of the best things I've ever done. So I I shortened it more and I I threw on a calorie counter by like researching everything that was there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, when I go on, this is why you're fat. Or when I go looking at food on the internet, like just for fun, because it's one of the things I look at, like the calories is always interesting to me. So how many inches is this? And I do the calculation. and I'm like, whoa, 5,000 calories? Yeah. This is crazy. So I, I edit it, and I look at it, and I'm like, this is, this is a, a great video in my opinion, and I think this video will get 10,000 views. So I need to think of a name for it. Mm-hmm. So I started, like, throwing it out at all my buddies. Like, I'm inviting people over. I'm going over to my buddies' house. A lot of my buddies would meet in a friend's backyard, a bunch of the guys that are on Epic Meal Time now mm-hmm. even. And, like, we're watching this video... And like, what are we gonna call it? What will it be called? You know. Um, now you called the folder "Worst Pizza Ever." The 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 video title was ended up being put up as the worst pizza ever. Okay, because we wanted to say it's something that would be like, oh, I want to see what the worst pizza ever is. Right. Yeah. So we ended up before it even goes up, we settled on the name Epic Meal Time. So for the channel, for the channel, because you want the show, Got and it. the whole thing was, if this video does well and gets like ten thousand views, we'll do another one next week. Okay, cuz I go on this is why a lot and there's some shit there that should be in video form cuz right. it's only in pictures. So, um I put the video up and I, I I go to to BuzzFeed and Reddit and BuzzFeed and Reddit essentially made the first epic mealtime popular. It got 125,000 views. I got an email from BuzzFeed being like your video is uh is uh, being pushed to the front page because one of the editors likes it, mm-hmm. and like I look on Reddit and it's like my buddy tells me it's like on the front page, so I'm like crazy, and it has mm-hmm. 125,000 views. I'm like this is this is so nuts, you know. So I'm all, it, but you're it, also
1: you're like this is nuts, but you're also like this is working,
2: yeah. Because you were thinking in terms of a show, I'm
1: going to do this again, yeah. And but so, then when it actually happens, it's different than if it happens. Like, oh, it actually is happening.
2: Yeah. So now there's like a like a pressure almost. So right. I go back to like, this is why you're fat. I see another idea that I want to expand on. It was a, a poutine sandwich between two slices of French toast. <laughs> and it was called the uh, the French Quebecer. And I, I thought there, I was like throwing it up to the buddies and everything. Like, do we come out as Canadian or do we play it like we're, you know, like Americans? And yeah, we eat like crazy and just not kind of talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I ended up just deciding like, you know what? We'll come out as Canadians because the second meal is going to be a French Canadian idea. And we, I think we'll kind of bypass the whole obstacle of, yeah, Americans would do this, you know, because there's always to this day, it's still like they're Canadians, you idiot. Um, that right. still is there. So we kind of bypass that whole obstacle by just being Canadian. And we came out with the next idea was the uh, angry French Canadian, which was a baguette. French toasted with poutine and hot dogs and syrup and bacon. <laughs> and uh, we made the video and it got 600,000 views. That's a, and, that's
0: a good episode too.
2: Yeah. And I, it was great. And I, I went to, I was substituting that week, like three days after that 600,000 view video came out and I got to school and every single kid had seen the video. Like everyone, it was the second video and everyone's seen it. So, the thing about Epic Mealtime is people always are like, oh, yeah, it's, you're lucky because it was popular right away. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know how many school projects and like video game review shows and music (laughs) videos
0: I I put on YouTube? How many other channels did did you, had you created on YouTube up until that point?
2: Uh, I have. Trying different stuff. Five channels before that trying things, but like that no one saw. Right. Because they just never got popular. They never got more than like 4,000 views. Um, And so, yeah. So, when this one did that, 600,000 views, and the kids were like that in school, I immediately was like, no, done. Done. I'm like, this now. This now. I'm like, I'm going to – I have like some teaching money. I have like four grand in my bank that I saved just from teaching, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to put it in this. Like, we – it's just got to happen every week. I realized like at the, after five days after your video goes up, you're forgotten. Mm-hmm. Like it's the view stop when the video is just done. And so that's when I was like, it has to happen every Tuesday. Like we can't miss one. It's got to keep going. Because so right off
1: the bat, you
2: quit your job. At the then, second video. And then week three, you're like every Tuesday,
1: I'm doing this. Yeah. And this is 2010.
2: Yeah. My brother does a lot of the background stuff, but everything creatively uh would funnel through me, which is now changed because you know we have I trust a lot of the guys now. Back then I didn't really trust anyone. I was taking on too much for myself. Um and there Business was a point wise. there was a point where I thought I was gonna drop dead. <laughs> like I thought I was gonna die just because I was editing the videos myself, setting up the production for the next ones, taking every calls. So I was working like 10 hour days because like I didn't want to give the editing to someone else mm-hmm. for example. Um, for how long of a period of time uh, the first like 85 episodes Wow so over a
1: year and how crazy did it get for you personally and mentally at that point if you said you're
2: about to drop dead It was just because like it was at a time like uh, like doing this buyout like traveling like to go film in different places and uh, uh, like breaking up with a girlfriend at the time and just everything was just it was like no rest ever oh so you're still going to Jew camp. No, there was no Jew Camp. No Jew Camp was done after... Uh, so, uh, I mean, so specifically... But you had a girlfriend. Yeah, oh, yeah, had a girlfriend means. outside of Jew Camp, yeah.
0: Right, so uh, how, how did that go down? I mean, in terms of... How, how did what you were doing with Epic Meal Time get so involved that you couldn't carry on a relationship?
2: Because it was like... Um, I would be going and editing late night, and the guys would be there, but... Her presence wasn't necessarily, because she didn't get along with some of the guys, it wasn't necessarily conducive to the creation and the creativity. Was she in some of the early videos? Yeah, she was, actually.
1: Because Rhett and I watched the videos, and we're like, okay, there's a whole bunch of guys and a whole lot of food, and there's one girl. We're wondering, why isn't there more of the girl? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, I mean,
0: we, we do the... remember watching some of the early epi- episodes, and then when the the girls would start eating, it was like, well, it's a lot more enjoyable to watch a, a female, for yeah. me personally, <laughs> watch a female yeah. eat than a male eat. <laughs> so I was like, well, why don't they do more of this? Well, so, like, early so on, that was it, your it girlfriend. got to, like, the
2: fifth episode, and I was like, this is getting kind of gay. Uh, let's get some girls in here. <laughs> okay. And that's when even in that episode, like, I'm like, I'm like in the camera, like, you want girls? We got girls. Cause I, I, like we had one girl before and people were like more girls. So we made a point of being like more girls. And then we went through this whole point where it was like girls. And like, we did like videos with like 16 girls eating mac and cheese and like 40 girls eating sausages in the sausage fest. And it, it was like such a thing. And then we got kind of, uh, like we still love girls on it, but we stopped doing like girls for the sake of just being like, Yeah. You know? Like I mean, there's plenty of places you can go off on the internet. You don't need to watch every mealtime to off. So we just kinda like just when it when it when it when it comes to, you know, when when something is like, you know, like uh we're we're not like we never we and we always thought about it, but we never went down the path of just having like, you know, girls in bikinis just cooking Every week, just to be doing it, you know. It's right. Just, you didn't want
0: to detach the personality of you and, and the crew away from. Yeah, this we, thing. we
2: thought it was very funny that it, there wasn't girls in the kitchen. Like it's it's like dudes like cooking, like a girls cooking. It kind of ruined it for us in a, in a way because it's like, that. yeah, we got to do it. We like the idea of us cooking for girls. Ultimately, um, but you know, girls. But it, it, it stayed a, a theme throughout. Like we still have females on on episodes but we just never you know we have specials like we did meat cake it has like we have like nine girls in that episode that came out in february right um so
0: so 85 episodes in. you're doing this thing essentially single-handedly and it's it's all you can commit your time to it's taking its toll putting all your energy into this thing
1: first on that relationship now, was that just because you put her in the video and then oh uh, you broke up or was it because you were No in
2: the video it's like so like like I would edit. I would be editing until 3 a.m. and like, where are you? I'm like, I'm working. You're not working, you're hanging out with your friends. Well, that's the tricky thing, is I kind of have this awesome show where my work is hanging out with my friends, you know, and that's like so we would, you know, we'd like kick it, me and my buddies, and we're editing, like and I'm editing, but I would have it hooked up to a big screen. And everyone's like, you know, laughing and we're all part of it and like, you know, watching it. People, early epic mealtime, like people would come over and like watch the editing. It was, you know, I'd have Mm -hmm. like five people there and we're editing and like, you know, do this, do that. People suggesting it was fun, like having some drinks. It was cool. Um, So she wasn't good in those scenarios because it was like, how much longer? And like that sucks when you're trying to be funny and stuff like that. Um, But uh, yeah, that just eventually got to the point where it couldn't, just couldn't happen anymore it was just wasn't good we we were out once and uh, and uh, like I got rushed by some fans one wearing a t-shirt and a big mealtime t-shirt but they were female and and she didn't like that and so it turned into an ugly situation but I kind of like was torn between the fact that you know no matter what this person they support what I'm doing like because that person bought a shirt like I don't maybe don't have to go teach one more day you know, and I could continue doing this, something that's fun. So when when that started to be compromised, like basically after that point, like anyone who kind of got to the point where they were compromising the show or anything like that, like that that would just be the end of it. And so she got to the point where she started to compromise it, and then so it just ended, you know. And uh, and that carried on like same thing with like the chef who kind of overstepped his boundaries. Like you're with my here. And, you know, before Epic Mealtime happened, like, I sat down and read, it was just by chance, but it's it's so funny because, like, I sat down and read The Secret, mm-hmm. and I read these Malcolm Gladwell books, like, Tipping Point, and uh, and have you ever read Who Moved My Cheese? I'm familiar with it, but I haven't read it. Who Moved My Cheese is a good one. It's basically saying, like, you know, these these mice are stuck in a lab, and there's a big pile of cheese. It's, like, 60, 60 pages, this book. Uh, there's a big pile of cheese, and, like, they're there, and they're eating the cheese, and you know, they, they split up. Cause one is like, you know, this cheese isn't going to be here forever. I want to find more cheese. And it's like, but we have so much cheese here. And it's like, yeah, but that cheese isn't forever. So let's go find something else. And they all split up and you know, the mouse ends up finding, you know, a lot more cheese, like infinite cheese, essentially from what I remember. And the whole point, like being like, if that cheese was like my teaching job, leaving it on the second week, to go find more cheese, which would be, you know, production and stuff that I love, then that would be the equivalent of it. And then, you know, you read the secret where it's all like positive thing. It's just basically a mumbo jumbo, like, you know, just visualize and laws of attraction. But like, I just got caught up reading it. Cause it was just, you know, this is, I like to be positive and I want to be positive and reading this shit makes me feel like that's positive. And then reading something like a uh, tipping point where it's like, you know, how this and that makes something popular and, And then I read, um, outliers, outliers was interesting because when I, when I read outliers, it's saying how certain people are good at certain things. Like how in hockey, um, people born in January, February, March make up most of the NHL. Now, why is that? So that's because when you're born in January, February, March, people born in January and people born in December, let's say, are both five years old. So they're on the five-year-old team. But someone who's born in January is still a year older than someone born in December. And at five years old, that's a big difference mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. That kid is a much better human than the other one. So he's good at hockey. So now that kid, because he's good at hockey at five years old, he makes the AAA team. December kid makes the AA team. Just so happened, AAA, because it's AAA, they practice five times a week. The AA kid only practices three times a week because it's AA. It's not as big a deal. Mm -hmm. So then that kid keeps going. And years later, this self-fulfilling prophecy of the kid being born in january oh he's better well no he's just 12 11 months older he's not better let the other kid grow for 11 months that continues as he practices more and plays more so now he actually is better Um, and that goes into this whole thing of him talking about ten thousand hours to be great at something and so i sat and i looked at youtube and i was looking at the top youtubers and everything and i'm looking at them and i was just like you know They're the top 20 at the time. They were all male and they were all born from like, you know, 1980 to 1988. And I was just like, I fall in that. And it's this time where it's like, I'm not too old that I can't grasp something like uploading a video and editing on software and installing software and working on a computer and uploading. But I'm also not too young that I grew up uh, in elementary school playing Call of Duty online and being on Facebook. I was a human and I went outside and, and played. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I think I'm an outlier in this respect that I can, I, I'm tech savvy enough to go on in front of a camera, but I'm not, you know, socially awkward having only played Battle, uh, Call of Duty online or anything yeah. like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a human being. I could probably go and be relatable and and that's when I kind of hmm. went to YouTube, and that went to Epic Meal Time, and I just kind of followed this flow of of the books at the time. But you know, it gave me like a, a drive, and uh, you know, Epic Meal Time and everything we do is something that I got really protective over. That whole cheese analogy is something that will always apply in life.
1: So how does like, it apply if you ever at this stop? Point?
2: If you ever stop and look at your cheese and be like, hmm like then that's when you know that you know you should chase the next one and before you know before epic mealtime views now are at like uh 30 of what they used to be before that even happened i just looked took one look at youtube and was like my whole business relies on the on another company like another business Mm -hmm. controls my business if at any moment they're like oh no more videos it's, it's over or like, you know, it's happened before a change on YouTube can affect some people in certain ways and other people in other ways, but not just them, their entire business. So right from the beginning, YouTube was just a cheese that needed to be moved from. And Epic Mealtime itself is also a cheese that doesn't necessarily need to be moved from, but there is other cheese out there. So, um, Epic Mealtime is, Something that, you know, when it first started, when I picked mealtime first, first started and it started to roll and, uh, you know, it was getting like, uh, at the time, 2 million views in a week. I looked at it and I was like, this will go on for five years. It will be five years, this show. Um, and there was just a number I had. Now we're like at year three and I'm like, like, maybe I was wrong. Maybe YouTube isn't even around for that five years that I was talking about. You know, can Epic Mealtime be around for two years? Can, can YouTube be around for two years? Are we all going to be watching videos on our phones and stuff still? Is it still, like, the right thing? Is it still the right business? Like, you know, what is it? Uh, at the end of the day, I'm happy that, you know, I kind of went out there, performed, got to do that. I have the experience. I have a full-on production company. Um, I can go and, I can go and make a movie like I always wanted to do right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I think we'd all agree it's a privilege to do what we're able to do for a living, and you know, I'll say it's also a privilege to talk to you and to get to know your mindset. And so we uh, we look forward to more from you, sir. And thanks for the thanks for so the much for biscuit. having me. By the way,
2: yeah, you've yeah, got man. to sign the table. I know. I'm looking at it. I'm like, I, I I've been trying to figure out where I'm going to sign it. Grab that sharpie up there. Make it. Make it official. Hell yeah. Do I get to sign it while talking to you guys? Yeah. yeah. Can I do 3D block letters? You can do anything you want. That's encouraged, actually.
1: Well, that was our Ear Biscuit with Harley Mordenstein. I think that we have a more complete, if not complete, picture of the sauce boss. You know, he, he was a teacher for a while, but I think the thing that I'm kind of coming away from the conversation with is that he was a student. You know, a student of um, the students that he was teaching, you know, and the students of YouTube. He was a student of YouTube and how to make that a success. Extremely committed to that, reading books, being influenced as a calculated businessman. Very impressive. Right, so for those of you
0: out there who are like, you know what, I want to be a YouTuber for a living. That's what I want to do. I think maybe that was a little profile in this isn't just, uh, okay, I've got one idea and just somebody's got to give me the chance to do it. We're talking about a guy that uh, saw success
1: in his sixth YouTube channel. But then he was totally ready. I, was, I mean, released two videos within the span of two weeks, then quit his job and was totally ready to do it every single week. After that, Th- there was no second
0: guessing. It was just like he was like, oh, "This is it. I'm, I'm 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 cleaning out the bank account and I'm going for it." And uh, well, it worked. And you know, and and a, a guy like that who uh, ha- has so many different ambitions and he's trying so many uh, different things and he's he's always busy trying to work on a, another idea. You know, I, I'm excited. with somebody has a mentality like that, the, it change is changing so much. I would just like to be able to fast forward like 10 years and be like, all right, what happened in the next decade? Because but I can't we, do that.
1: Because we feel that way about ourselves and what we you know, what we hope to accomplish and where things are going. There's so many question marks. Right. And so much of our thoughts are similar to his. I mean, it was encouraging, encouraging talking to him, especially with such a positive outlook and a confident outlook on things. So thanks to Harley and thank you for listening to this Ear Biscuit. Again, hey, we do this every week and we can handle more people if you want to invite them to listen to Ear Biscuits along with you or through their own stream. We encourage you to do do that. that.
0: We encourage you to share the biscuits. Uh, They have uh, the ability to be divided infinitely and taste as good
1: to everyone else. Thank you. Listen to us next week.